0: It is the third session of this hall in Orange City Literature Fest. We will be now discussing about when I wrote Unlikely Hero with Nandita Puri. Nandita Puri was born in Calcutta and spent her early childhood in boarding school in the uh, former French colony of Chandranagar. She studied in Calcutta and Bombay, majoring in English literature and worked as a writer and generalist with several newspapers like The Telegraph, The Statement, The Times of India, The Reader Digest, and others. For nearly a decade, she wrote one of the most popularly weekly film column on cinema for midday, Potpuri, and Indian largest circulated daily. However, her collection of short stories, Nine on Nine, published by Rupa and Company in 2005, has been critically acclaimed and well received. It has gone into many editions and has also been translated in German in 2006, Frankfurt Book Fair. In 2010, Nandita published the biography, Unlikely Hero, Om Puri, which has been on the best sellers list and translated in several Indian languages, including Hindi, Malayalam, Punjabi, and Marathi. The following year, Nandita published her debut novel, Continents. In 2017, she launched the Om Puri Foundation at the 17th Cannes Films Festival in memory of her husband, internationally acclaimed actor Om Puri, to carry his legacy and philosophy ahead. Currently, she chairs the Ompuri Foundation. Nandita has been working and researching on the sensitive subject of international child trafficking and inter-country adoption since more than three years now through the personal story of Jennifer's Hands. The book Jennifer's is being published by Rupa Publications. And the moderator is Ms. Barkha Mathur. Uh, Barkha Mathur is a senior journalist working for English Delhi's in the city over two decades. Being a feature editor of Times of India, she has been covered the largest segment of the subject, which include trend, lifestyle, art, music and culture. Her area of work has been demanded imaginative copies, which have been made big demands on her creative, creative writing skill. From features of interview of celebrities and sharing stories of big achievements or ordinary person have all been a part of her writing. She is also a columnist, blogger and author and the taught writing student of mass communication. She has also conducted workshops on creative writing and is popular panelist at literary events. Handing this session over to you, ma'am. Good
1: afternoon, all of you. I have with me here on stage, Nandita Puri. Uh, She needs not much of an introduction, but anyway, she's the writer of the book, Unlikely Hero, Om Puri. As a spouse, it's a very intimate uh, description. When the book came out first in November 2009, it stood a controversy. And uh, much of the focus uh, went uh, on that controversy, and uh, what got buried was the magnificent struggle, the struggle, the heartbreaks, the hard work of a very remarkable actor of our times. The couple spent much of the time defending the controversies, fighting them, dispelling the myths, etc. Now, it will be two years next month since Amr- Umpuri passed away. Three years? Three years two, 2017. Okay, three years, I'm sorry. So how's the book going now, ma'am? Well,
2: the book- the book is actually doing very well, and um, it's gone into several Indian translations. And in fact, uh, I had called the publishers to, you know, have some books here. They were totally sold out. They were totally sold out. And even when I go to places like Prithvi Theatre and all, they always tell me, you know, they tell my son, we need some more books. So book is doing very well. Touch wood. At the end of the day, it's a story of one of the finest actors in the world. Not India, one of the finest in the world. So, Hmm. the story
1: should stand out. Sure, sure, (laughs) sure. So, whose idea was it to do this biography? Yours or Mr. Umpuri's?
2: So, um, during the um, shooting of City of Joy, this was in uh, Calcutta, 1991, I think. So that was Omji's first international project, big project with Patrick Swayze, Roland Joffé film. So I was a cub reporter with the Telegraph. So, and I wanted to go and inter- we all wanted to go and interview Patrick Swayze because he was fresh out of City of uh, Dirty Dancing and Ghost. So my, uh, you know, senior editor said, no, 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 please do Shabana Azmi and Om Puri. So I said, you know, we were like very you okay, know Okay, we'll go and do. And those were pre-Google days. We didn't have Wikipedia. We didn't have Google. So I had to go to the archives. Of course, I was very uh, familiar with his work. I had seen all his films and most of his films and um, had enough question on both Shabana and Um. And then I called him and then we went and I interviewed him and my tape we had those dictaphones those days so my tape ran out so I had to come another day and that day I went with my photographer so you know we took the photographs and all and uh, he took a photograph of mine and that's how the whole thing started off you know he called me and said you have to come and collect that photograph so I went and I went to collect And uh, uh, he said, no, I'm keeping this. I'll give you another one. And he had framed me and framed it up and stuff like that. So that's how the romance went. And for me, I was a huge fan of Om Puris. You know, a huge fan of the art cinema movement. Nasiruddin Shah, Shabana Miss Smita Patil, and Om Puri. So for me, it was like a fangirl moment. And then this whole thing. And then I think the Telegraph interview came out. It was in the Telegraph Sunday Magazine. And it was, you know, re- very, very popular. And uh, it was entitled Omnipotent, I think. <laughs> That's the copy editors doing it. So anyway, uh, he said, uh, after we started dating, he said, you know what? You must write a biography on me. Oh. Now, I was all of 21, cub reporter. Talking of Om Puri is not just talking about any small actor. You are Om Puri Nasiruddin Shah, Shabana, Smita, they represented. They embodied a whole movement of parallel cinema, of arts some of the great cinemas of Benegal, Ray, Sen. So for me, it was a huge task. Interviewing Om Puri, interviewing a Shabana Azmi was fine. But writing about the huge movement they represented, and why people would read their story was another thing. So I said, no, I don't think this guy is just in love with me. So he's just telling me. Uh, thank God I was sensible. And I said, no, I'm not going to write about it. And he kept on saying, no, you don't have to always you know, do about um, the film movement. Talk about my childhood. And he has an amazing childhood. And he said, you know, my childhood is like Charlie Chaplin's childhood. I come from extreme, difficult, poverty-stricken background. It will make you cry. I said, yeah, that is fine. But when I'm writing about Ompuri Puri apart from the childhood, it also has to be the body of work you represent. So I don't think I'm in a position to write. So it took me at least 12, 13, 14 years for me to actually decide okay i am capable when my publishers came to me and said you know we have a series
1: during this time you got married to Mr. to yes we got married
2: we traveled i watched you know traveled all over the world he was doing a lot of films in england and us he was working with jack nicholson tom hanks you know he mike nichols michael douglas so it was a western exposure as well as sham Benegal, david Dhawan, priya darshan the whole lot of yeah. the indian and i also was Satyajitari, but by the time we got married, Mr. Uh, he had passed away. So, but the directors witnessed, and what happened was I started writing a column for the uh, midday called the potpourri. It was a weekly column on cinema and it would not just be reviews. It was overviews. It was talking about aspects of cinema actors location shots and all because midday thought this woman is traveling all over the world so we'll get free report we don't have to pay her <laughs> you know so and i enjoyed it it was a very popular column for 8 years i wrote you know without missing a deadline mm. so by that time when i and i had nothing to do with hindi films when i ma- married mr puri mm. but uh, after i started actually writing the column the confidence grew in terms of knowing cinema the uh, This actually Omji never liked putting art cinema and commercial cinema is good or bad, you know, you enjoy it or you don't. But anyway, we do have our own little this thing. So that's how I started writing around 12, 13, 14 years later. Mm -hmm. I think the publishers got in touch with me and said, you know, we want to do a book. And since you're a journalist, you write on cinema, why don't you write on your husband? So they had a series called Family Pride. And I read a couple of the Family Pride, you know, where the sons write about the father or the, you know, daughters write about their mother, famous. I'm not mentioning them. And and I said, sorry, I can't do this. You know, it's by the grace of God, you know, my father did this. And by the grace of the Almighty, I said, hello, I'm a journalist. And we're covering a very important personality because till then nobody had written about these four stalwarts stalwart actors of Indian cinema. I said, when I'm writing about Om Puri, I'm representing a whole body of work. So I don't think you know, I can do a kind of a family thing where it's all praise, praise, praise. And that was perhaps one of the reasons I resisted writing on Om Ji you know, immediately after we met because I was not an established writer. I didn't have a publisher. So who would sponsor my book would be Mr. Puri. And what would happen? He would say, now you write this, now you write that. This is good. That is bad. Being a journalist, it goes against my grain. So
1: I I said, okay, now I'm writing a book on you. So that's That's a nice story, very promising for the fraternity, young girls, you don't only get to interview an actor, you get to marry him also. If you do If you play it (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) Yes, it is kind of a fairy tale, (laughs) one of those fairy tale stories, yeah. Okay, so uh, when you heard these uh, very heartbreaking stories, stories of despair, hopelessness, how did you feel? Because you were married to that man by now, you know, and he was a huge actor also.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I've always had this huge fangirl moment, and then I started realizing I'm living with this man who was like a very, you know, normal man with anger, with emotions and everything. And when you hear some of his stories especially at the age of six he started working in a tea stall but he never capitalized it on it like certain politicians do he was cleaning bartan in a tea, uh, tea stall in punjab because he was contributing to putting food on the table and he, a six-year-old boy was so sleepy that at times he would f- take all the and put it inside And he was chucked out of his job because he didn't do his job well. And then he started giving tuitions when he was 14, 15. He was a very good student. He worked under extremely difficult circumstances. I remember Mr. Benegal, Mr. Sham Benegal, who was like a mentor and father, and he's very, very close to us, saying, you know, Nandita, I met Om when he was talking about... In fact, the title, Unlikely Hero, is given by Mr. Benegal because he said he's... The most unlikely hero we have. So he said, I know, knew Om. The time he didn't know where his next meal was coming or whether the next meal was coming at all. So those were the days. And probably when I met him, he was very successful. He was, you know, we were traveling to all these Hollywood films and He was a big name, and with all the awards, so I didn't realize the poverty. But I would realize when we would be traveling, and the car stopped at a traffic signal, and he would have tears in his eyes. So he said, that is my childhood. And then I probably started understanding. Or the time when, you know, if I was a little rude to my maid, Mm -hmm. and he said, no, please don't, you know? And never, never segregate food. I have lots of friends, who always segregate food, the different for the stop? In my house, never. Because we should eat the same food. So these are the little, little touches, you know.
1: Okay, so you're going to read uh, no. from there? No, okay. Do you want me to read? No. I don't think so. No. Okay. I'll okay. read it later. So, uh, if I, I don't know how many in the, in the audience have read the book, but those who have, the narrative, it spans the entire, uh, you know, the gamut of Indian cinema, the way it was moving, the parallel cinema, Hollywood, Bollywood, etc. So as a journalist, when you were recording all of this, I, I think you are a bit disturbed. No, huh? no, I'm fine I'm, <laughs> fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> so, uh, so when you were writing, how, 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 did, how did you view these changes which were coming over Indian cinema? The parallel cinema was getting, Art came, Sham Binigal, Govind Nihalani. You know, they brought their own cinema with it and you were documenting it at that time through this biography. So what was your point of view about Indian cinema at that time?
2: See, um, Mr. Kurana mentioned the certain changes we went through the cinema. I remember because I met Omji post his, uh, you know, when he was already started to do a bit of commercial cinema, not really. He had just come out of those very Ardha satya and the best of Benegal and Nihalani and all. Then, of course... He went into these commercial cinemas, like disco dance and all where, you know, obviously, he always said, it's good to get awards, but you also need to earn your bread, butter, and jam. So he was doing those films, and then of course, those days, as he said, the single screen cinema. And I remember the switch to the multi-screen, and the films were changed along with that. And uh, the multi, uh, there were these, you know, those Sujoy Ghosh's, uh, Jhankar Beats, and those early multiplex films, which catered to the upper Indian uh, middle class, upper class audience. Before before that, the cinema was actually, the single screen cinema had taken a beating because of the VHS. And everyone was, uh, you know, seeing films at home. So that uh, took a beating, but... One major thing which Omji enjoyed in the new, with working with the new directors, apart from the art film directors, who had a bound script the commercial film directors never had a bound script. So they would go and according to the hero, whoever it was, Sunny or Mithun Chakravarti, or whatever, they would immediately say, "Acha ye dialogues add kardo. So much so he would go and sit on the sets and somebody would say, ohm ji, oh, ek minute, aaj ka scene ye hai, or ye dialogues hai. And then he'd say, Ooh, oh, oh bahut garam hai, it's just come out of the oven. You know, so that was the kind. And of course, when you worked with in the West, it was a completely different ball game because you had a bound script. Not just the actor or the director, even the hairdressers have had. The costume department had. The makeup department, the uh, cinematographer had. And they all had different colored stickers. So, you know, the pink one was for the makeup person. The green one was for the hairdressers. Yeah, so they knew exactly where to watch and where to look and how to go about it. So that was, of course. And then, of course, they had these... Extra scenes like if today they couldn't shoot this scene, tomorrow, and in case it rained, so they had a backup indoor scene, which I realized during Farhan Akhtar's shoot in Dawn, Dawn One, his first Dawn, he was he was working at power with the Western, and then we realized that the change is happening in Indian so, cinema.
1: As far as Mr. Puri's career is concerned, how did you view? He was doing Bollywood, those South Indian films, the crossover films, UK, Pakistan. Uh, US. Right. So uh, what, were your, what were you thinking about his graph? How was it moving very nicely? Was he very happy with the way it was happening? Yes, fabulously,
2: because I think uh, Om Puri was one of the few actors who never envisioned that I want to play Gandhi and I want to make it big in the West. In fact, he was, his English was so weak that he, he said, I come from a Tupper school, I have a Punjabi accent, and he's Today, the only Indian actor with an order of the British Empire from Her Majesty the Queen, the only Indian actor. The only Indian actor to be honored at the Oscar Academy Awards. So the thing is, he never had those visions, Mm -hmm. unlike his contemporaries. But what happened, he moved slowly and he moved very wisely. He did not reject Indian cinema. When the parallel cinema movement died down, he went into headlong commercial films. He did the best he could. He said, a film can never be bad. You have to give your best as an actor. And he did that. He was very passionate. But at the same time, he also went to the West. He did a lot of films in England. I mean, there were very times, success- I think... Very but, successful ones. Yes, very successful. In fact, in England, when we used to walk down the roads or in a pub, hmm. there was a time, you know, the, a British taxi fellow would say, Hey you know, no. <laughs> or in a pub, you would have them discussing two indian names and one was ompuri the other was Chilpachetti because of the big boss so that that was his popularity mm. even recently we had a festival of his last year at the newcastle mm. and uh, we had uh, Om ompuri retrospective of his british films right. and there were you know the newcastle is, upon tyne is a small little place and those you know the the uh, uh, newcastleites would come and say who's that oh ompuri you know they, associated which they wouldn't probably with any other uh, Bollywood actor so he took wisely he chose wisely he never rejected any role because when he played uh, a role with Jack Nicholson it was a one scene when he did a, a role with Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks it was just three scenes but he looked at the project he said the West is not going to pay millions and spend billions to make me look like a hero or he, when he essayed the role of Ziaul Haq. He said, Ziaul, Ziaul Haq will always be the villain, so I will take. And slowly he moved on to George Khan, East is East, yeah. where he was, yeah. you know, the ultimate. Yeah. And ironically, he played too many Pakistani roles that I do have an award when I was going through honorary Pakistani citizen Om Puri <laughs> for the maximum number of roles essayed, you know. Oh, God. So,
1: that is... So, uh, when we read the book it uh, comes through that he was a part of a very robust, very earthy uh, Punjabi uh, theatre troupe. True. And uh, he honed his skills, you know, the acting skills mostly from there. So did he ever compare his work in the theatres and uh, or, uh, how, were you, how did you deal with this, you know? He started off at Punjab Kalamanch, moved on to NSD, okay. where
2: he felt that, uh, you know, his main acting skills came from the National School of Drama with Ibrahim Alkazi. Less came from uh, your uh, FTI. By the time he went to FTI, I was really relaxed because he was quite, you know, comfortable and um, you know, confident as an actor. But he tried doing theater. He started his own group called Majma, which was inaugurated the Prithvi, uh, you know, theater. But he stuck to cinema. He always felt cinema, if it's a social message, cinema reached out much more than film. You see, if I did a tamas, how many cities could I take the play tamas and look at one screening and it's all over. People know. Or Discovery of India or whatever film, Sadgati, you know. So he, he enjoyed cinema more. He enjoyed the stage,
1: but he loved cinema, I think. <laughs> this conversation cannot end unless and until i come to the manner in which you have dealt with the book you know it has been extremely scathing very very honest and uh, you know at times to the reader it since it's been penned down by a wife it can uh, you know appear as being extremely harsh so what happened the journalist in you won as a wife do you think now uh, on hindsight that you could have done it some other way it was never harsh, it's never harsh because
2: uh, it's only the fact that it's written by Nandita Puri. Okay. That is why everyone said, oh my god, the wife has written this. But imagine you're a biographer and you were to write a book on somebody, you would write everything. If you wrote by the grace of the almighty, my yeah, husband <laughs> Om Puri, met with a woman who was all oh, this thing. So Omji was very clear that, you know, if you're writing, He wanted this book to be an inspirational tale, A, that he wanted children to read and say that if I could make it as an actor with my physiological whatever, you know, not only in India and make it big in the West, with with coming from a punjabi background punjabi medium school and a hindi medium school i think anyone can it is only you need the passion but he was also very pragmatic he did he went to nsd he went to fti but he also did his graduation and he told his you know he told my son he said listen beta do what you want but have a graduate degree so in case it doesn't work out you have a backup and he always told youngsters have a backup always and um, I think uh, anybody would have written, he wanted it to be told properly. Anybody else would have written, it would have been fine, but because the wife wrote it. Okay. But then, you know, I decided to write a biography. I didn't want to write a, you know, hagiography, a exactly. So that was.
1: You, you couldn't have done it any other way. If I you could, didn't... I don't
2: think I could, you know.
1: Okay. So, as a biographer, what do you think were the turning points in the life of the actor, personal as well as professional.
2: One was that when he went into the National School of Drama, he ran away literally from Punjab from his, you know, where he was working as a Munshi's clerk somewhere and he decided to take the risk and go to this thing. The second turning point was when he came to Bombay and he struggled for two, two years, he taught acting and movement in Roshan Tanajay school, where students were Anil Kapoor and uh, Gulshan Grover and Madan Jain and Mazhar Khan and all. Yes, he does, he does. And then that was not a turning point. I think NSD was. The second turning point was Ardha Satya. That is like if Da Vinci has a Mona Lisa or... George Orwell in an Animal Farm. For Om Puri, it was Ardha Satya. And he was very wise not to take hundreds of cop roles. Then he would have been, you know, he took different roles, he took some good cop roles, and even today, in, in the police academy in India, they show Ardha Satya as one of the films. You know, this is, Mr. Ribeiro had told me this. The third, I think, was City of Joy, was the turning point when he went to the West, you know. He was lucky to get that role of Hasari Pal with Patrick Swayze, you know, the two author back roles. But simultaneously, he chose wisely, he chose good projects. And the third, of course, fourth, I would say East is East. Yeah. You know, because that has established him as a proper. People thought he was a British citizen, you know, because eight, ten months we stayed in uh, UK, in London. So. I think East is East is one of the most important. These are the four turning points I would say.
1: So you're you're, you're keeping his work alive through a foundation of yours I understand. Yes.
2: So we started the Om Puri Foundation in um, 2017 at the Cannes Film Festival Um, at the British Pavilion. We launched it and um, then we launched at the Indian Pavilion because he was also the chairman of NFDC and the idea of the foundation is he has done over 300 films, films, television, everything together. So the idea is to keep his legacy alive through films like Bharat Ek Khoj. Then we have something called the Susman, Susman story, which Sham Benegal has directed Susman, It's about the weaver. And Om Ji went like during City of Joy, he rode a rickshaw on the streets bare feet to get the feel of a rickshaw puller in Susman he stayed with the master weaver and he wove 20 meters of cloth and he gave it to sham and govind and he in fact the wedding shirt he wore was woven by him so we take this Susman story around we show the film and we tell them to improve the lot and i've also instituted various awards one is he was very close to the farmers so i've instituted the om puri Kisan award i think we gave at the kajurau international film festival to a farmer's child in Bundhelkan. We've introduced the Om Puri Karigar Award for the craftsmen and weaver's children. And two very important was the Om Puri scholar at the FTI, uh, which is for a deserving student. Not necessarily a poor and a bad student or a very rich and a good student. The most deserving, which Mr. Puri was. And the Ompuri Puri Fellowship at the National School of Drama.
1: And finally, you're ready with your
2: last, uh, next book. Yes, <laughs> kind of. This is called, it is called Jennifer, and it's on international child trafficking and intercountry adoption based on a true story. So I've been working on it for four or five years. So it's
1: coming out in February. Thank you so much, Nandita. Thank you. Thank you. That was a very informative talk. Thank you so much, audience.